Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm super excited. I had Christine on kind of my list. You know, we all have lists <laughs> of someone or Christy, sorry, someone to um, reach out to. And then she reached out to me and I was like, yay, one less thing on my list. <laughs> so welcome to the podcast. We've kind of been following each other, um, abortion fangirling each other on uh, Instagram for a while. And uh, I'm so excited to have you here. Whatever we talk about is going to be amazing. Why don't you introduce yourself in the way that feels right for you today for this podcast, and then we'll keep going. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I love how you put that. That's exactly what I feel like we've both been doing. I am listening to your podcast. I'm looking at your Instagram, commenting back and forth. Um, So yeah, I'm Christy. I am a certified nurse midwife. I um, did my training in Ohio and moved out to California for my first job at a large FQHC or federally qualified health center. Mm -hmm. Um, Yell at me if I use any abbreviations that need defined. Thank you for defining that one because I didn't know even this is my world, but I was like, (laughs) nope. (laughs) Yeah. And so most federally qualified health centers don't do any kind of abortion care Mm -hmm. because federal funding has to be um, separated really strictly. So it is possible, but it takes a lot of extra work on the billing end. Um, And so part of why I became a midwife, or I guess the main reason that I became a midwife is because I've been interested in Um, providing choices to people and making sure that they're educated and have the most information to be able to make the best healthcare decisions for themselves. And so um, I've always been interested in abortion work, but I think originally I was kind of thinking like, you know, reduce C-section rates, more natural birth. And then it's kind of funny since I've gotten into my, my career, I'm like, oh, actually, I'm much more passionate and geared towards abortion work. And so it's been hard for me at this full-time job not doing any abortion work. And then with COVID, I was like, what can I do? And I was reading um, You're the Only One I've Told by Dr. Mira Shaw. I have started it and I haven't read it. Yeah, and you're you're um, like the I admire you as part of the fangirl thing. I admire all your reading. I'm like, I start these books and then I just pick them up every once in a while. But you're just like, you're on it. (laughs) I imagine. Well, I I do have quite a large stack of abortion related books and only a a small portion of them have been read so far. I wish that they were all on audiobooks because I can, I can get through audiobooks a lot faster. Yeah. So, so her book, uh, she, she does a great job of intermixing stories of people who have had abortions with some of the legal restrictions around abortion 
the, you know, just political and, and cultural environment around it. And so it just motivated me more to be like, I really want to be doing this. How can I start right now and not a, oh, I'll get to it eventually type of thing. Wow. And so I, I reached out to Dr. Gompertz of Ada Access. Uh, I know when Ruchi Call was on your, yeah. your podcast, she mentioned it as well. And uh, Dr. Gompertz started Women on Waves and Women on Web and Ada Access, all things to help people access abortions. And I was like, how can I help? What can I do? I didn't know if that would look like prescribing or literally I was like down to be a secretary if needed. I was like, whatever you want, I want to help. And, and so through that, I got connected with Plan C Pills. Mm -hmm. Sorry, this has turned into a very long introduction. I just realized. I love it. Keep going. It's fascinating. And so Plan C Pills uh, is an organization that is working to increase access to medication abortions and specifically right now through telehealth or through mailing pills. Yeah. And um, so I am mailing pills with like with aid access through aid access, but I also set up my own business forward midwifery. And so I'm seeing private patients via telehealth for California and Massachusetts and because yeah, I'm I'm in Massachusetts and you're in California and I was like yeah. it, are they just the state regulations work for what you want to do is that what's happening there yeah exactly and and uh it was one of the states that we did not yet have a U.S. provider for aid access oh, and so when we don't when we don't have a licensed provider in the states it can take anywhere from one to three weeks for the medications to arrive from the pharmacy in India. But when we have a provider in the States, we're now using Honeybee Pharmacy, which um, is a mail order pharmacy located in California. And so packages arrive within one to three days. So that's a big difference. Huge difference. And we're talking about early yeah. abortions. That's awesome. Yeah. And so part of what I'm doing with Plan C Pills is that I am the access delivered provider coordinator, I think is my official title. But anyway, I'm, I'm working on outreach to get more providers to be mailing pills. So any licensed providers in the US, uh, nurse midwives, nurse practitioners, PAs, family docs, anybody who's interested I'm working with them to kind of overcome the barriers for them. So that's usually malpractice, whether it's getting brand new malpractice, which is what I had to do, or if you already have established malpractice, figuring out, does it cost more to start mailing abortions? A yeah. lot of times it does. Um, sometimes it means starting a business, which I did. Uh, figuring out the legal landscape. So for example, in Massachusetts, minors have to get consent in order to get an abortion. So navigating those types of things. So just working with providers to be able to, to start doing this. Awesome. Wait, and are you still practicing like other midwifery? Yeah. yeah. Do you still yeah. work at the FQHC or do you, yeah. Definitely. Like I all just, a side gig. Yeah. Yeah. So people ask me if I sleep, which I do. That's what I'm wondering. I, this I don't is know. what I'm trying to figure out. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess I don't socialize anymore, but I feel like I do that too. Yeah, so I do. I work full time at my FQHC still, and then like all catching of babies or office visits or what? All yeah, yeah, all of it. So I'm in the wow. clinic about three days a week, and then I do a 24 hour on call at the hospital yeah. catching babies. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Which so, I love. I really love being able to be a totally full spectrum midwife, right? So offering abortion care, catching yes. babies. I do transgender affirming hormones, uh, yeah. your PAPs, your mammograms, STDs, UTIs, menopause, everything. So good. So good. Thank you for all that care. We need yeah. more of you. So <laughs> Hop on board, everybody. This is yeah. not side at all. Um, the medical piece of it is not my gig or my passion or my desire. It took me a long time to figure out, like, that's okay. You've got a whole different role. <laughs> right. And then we but, connect with each other. Yeah. And you do the life coaching. I know. And like, I who else can I support? <laughs> I want you to yeah. keep doing all the things. Yeah. So, good. so another thing, another thing that I got involved with through all of this is the miscarriage and abortion hotline, which there are tons of hotlines out there. I know I've heard in your podcast, you talk about um, exhale, breathe, yep, yep. It's, um, one for emotional support, but the miscarriage and abortion hotline has approximately 40 licensed clinicians who are volunteering and we cover the hotline. Um, it's Sorry. Uh, so here in California, it's covered from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. And then on the East Coast, it ends up being 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. 2 a.m. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's like six or eight hours in the middle of the night that it's not covered. Okay. Um, and so we're there to answer medical questions that so people like have during their too much like you know exactly whenever. I yeah okay yep yeah yeah and we have lists of other resources because we do get a lot of people you know who who are reaching out for emotional support and we're like you know here are the resources you actually need we're here for the medical or we have a lot of people reaching out just saying like how do I get pills and so we'll send them those resources but I think it's a, a really great thing to have providers manning a hotline yeah well manning a hotline <laughs> totally. because I always worry about people turning to unreliable resources you know yeah crisis yeah. pregnancy centers and that sort of thing I had a call today and it's like just one of those emotional hurdles that you have to you have to walk around or tiptoe around or just conquer around I don't know what the words are but it was a woman who ne who needed after abortion support care and the only place she can get it free right now because it's not something I'm providing right now um and I did tell her about exhale of course <laughs> but was a clinic you know a crisis pregnancy center and I was like oh this is killing me it's like eating my heart <laughs> yeah oh my god it was like yeah. yeah let's not send her there <laughs> it's a hard hard reality she's like well they're non-judgmental i was like no <laughs> no 
that's not what that means. Right. right. <laughs> they say that to get you in the door. Yeah. I was driving home and just having to like calm my nerves because that's, there's nothing that makes me more frustrated than those crisis pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything boils my blood quite the same way. Right. Um, so are you always wanting, excuse me, are you always wanting to do full spectrum midwifery care or do you want to, to like, would you move deeper into the abortion work if you could? Yeah. So I'm definitely looking into moving deeper into the abortion work. So another thing that I got involved with is Maya network, M Y a network. It's, um, Oh my goodness. I just How do you sleep? This is such a good question. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but I, I manage. So the Maya network is like my abortion network. Yeah. And it is clinicians working to increase uh, access to abortions in more of a primary care setting. So whether that is literally your primary care and being able to go to that same person and and get your abortion from, you know, for example, like my primary care, I went to her for, I don't know, 20 years before I moved out of the state. And it would have been great to be able to just get the, the same care, cough, cold, birth control, abortion, all of it together. Yeah, um, kind of what Ruchi's doing, but not direct primary not direct care more just like yeah and I mean including including direct primary care too so one of our providers has a direct primary care clinic in the Seattle area um and and then even like for me so so midwives are considered primary care providers so being able to do your paps and your birth control and and all of that uh and not having to go to a, an abortion specific clinic, walk past the protesters, all of that. And then some of our, our providers are doing manual uterine aspirations, which you can do up to 12 weeks. And there is a, a method called the soft touch method. I don't know if you're familiar with papaya workshops, yeah. but so, so it's that method. It's a, it's a gentler suction that doesn't mm-hmm. involve uh, a large machine, which is what they are almost always using at the abortion clinics, which is great and necessary sometimes. But when you're, you have an early pregnancy that you're trying to abort it, you can do this other method that that's a, a bit calmer. Wow. And so I'm really uh, looking forward to being able to get trained on that. And then our Maya network, long-term goal, not anytime in the immediate future, is to set up like a training facility to train more providers to be able to do the soft touch method. That's way cool. I do feel like I have a lot of privilege in my life. One of the privileges in my abortion care was being able to get care from my primary provider, not my yeah, like family awesome. doctor who I go to for strep throat, but like my women's health facility. And I, I didn't actually know that. Like I yeah. read my unplanned pregnancy, like, you know, my fourth or fifth test in my oh fuck stage. And I literally just imagined myself like plowing through protesters. I had no idea. No idea. And when I talked to my OB and she was like, yeah, I can help you. What? 
you can help me. That's <laughs> right amazing. This office. <laughs> She's like, yeah. so send me your OB's contact info later so that I can talk to him or her about being in the Maya network. Yes. I love that. I wonder if they are, they might be, but I'm totally, yeah, totally going to make that connection in this soft touch method. That's incredible. I, I was able to use the pills, so that it worked fine for me, but that's an amazing option. So good. Oh my gosh. So you're at the beginning of an awesome journey. Like who knows what's next? Yeah. 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 What are some of the things, so you and I are probably seeing different, um, common challenges. Um, what are some of the things you're noticing in, um, in your clients, patients, what do you call them? Amazing people who see you. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the biggest struggles you see they're having mentally and emotionally that maybe I'm not seeing because you're seeing it like in process? Yeah, it's a great question, but I'll, I'll be honest, like a lot of the times I don't necessarily see it. Absolutely. Sometimes I, I do. But I think one thing that's awesome about the telehealth and how a lot of us are doing it now is that we're kind of giving patients the option to have as much or as little interaction with the provider as they want. Ooh. And a lot of them just don't want it. And yeah. we're like, oh, great. Like, you know what you want and what you need. And, and we're here to support yeah. that. And so through my forward midwifery uh, patients, they have the option that we can do everything via text or email. We can do a phone call or we can do a video consult. And I so far have had no right. patients. Because it's to do. telehealth, you're not having all those like access problems. And yeah, like so many struggles that I'm imagining right up front are eliminated through telehealth and mail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so there's tons of services out there. So like, Hey Jane is another awesome uh, online abortion service. And they, they are started as all synchronous visits, meaning you had to do like a face-to-face video consult. And now they're also offering the option. And I think it's great because I think some people want that. And some people are just like, you know, maybe I've done this before and I don't want to talk to anyone or just I've done enough research. I know what's going on and I don't need to talk to anyone. And so I think, you know, recognizing that, that people know what they want and need and, and giving them that autonomy is super important. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's still so new to me and wild, this whole telehealth world, like, especially for mothers who already have kids and trying to navigate this whole process like just so much easier yeah so So, uh, that that reminded me of one of the big reasons why why I got into this too is that where I I work and live the closest abortion clinics are a 45 minute drive north or an hour drive south and most of my patients are low income and do not have access to reliable transportation and as we know a majority of people seeking abortion care have already had children and are parents and so it's like 
you know, when I, when I have to counsel patients coming to me at my, my full-time job, I'm like, okay, your options are that you can go here to these clinics or you can get your pills online. And in California, it's important to give everyone their options because they, the insurance a lot of times will cover an in-clinic abortion. And so sometimes that's the priority, but sometimes the priority is I don't have childcare or I don't have transportation. Do you mean, what do you mean the pills will come to my mailbox? Yes, of course, that's what I want to do. Yeah, so good. It's so good. Um, what are some of the biggest messages you want to get out there in the women's health world or just, I see habit women's health, just reproductive health. Reproductive health. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, you just hit on a key one right there that it's, yeah. it's not gendered. So <laughs> abortions can happen for anyone with a uterus. Pregnancies can happen for anyone with a uterus. So, so knowing that, that your options are out there. Um, and I think, you know, like we already touched on, find those reliable resources. So a big thing that I, I kind of harp on with people is don't Google when you need to find an abortion. Don't use Google. You need to go to, I need an A or abortion finder or NAF or plan C pills. Uh, like all of these are reliable resources, but if you just Google abortion clinic near me, you will get the hits from the pregnancy, the crisis pregnancy centers, because they, they're smart in that they pay for the Google ads and they know the algorithms. And so they get themselves to pop up high on the list. And so that's, you know, one of the big ways that they trick people into coming into their clinics. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Google. Um, I knew all the organizations you just said, except for I need an A. And then that's yeah. new to me. So I don't know that. That's I don't want to tell you, I, I can't remember if it's a .com or .org right now. Yeah. It's .com. I need an A.com as in I need an abortion. And you go on there and you put in your age, your zip code and your last period. And then it'll give you resources near you for, for where you can get your abortion. Yeah. This whole telehealth thing, having reliable resources, getting, being able to get pills in the mail, um, it's just all going to normalize abortion so much. And like, just like, I immediately feel like a weight lifted. <laughs> Definitely. Like, if we can just normalize it, this is a part of our care. And for me, my world is like, we have to normalize the sadness too. Cause I know there are so many people who have abortions and feel nothing but relief. Mm-hmm. But I also know like we can just normalize the sadness. Yeah. Be sad and that's okay. It was still a hundred percent the right choice. And now you just get yeah. to like become more of who you are as a fully yeah. functioning emotional human being. <laughs> but yeah. normally yeah, and I don't I, I don't know I don't know where I heard it first, but like one of my favorite abortion affirmations, but also just affirmations in general is that grief and relief can can coexist. And it's like mm-hmm. just being able to sit with yourself and your relief that it's over, but also that you're, you're grieving either that possible pregnancy or, you know, whatever it is, it's okay to have those, those emotions at the same time. Yeah. I think a lot of the grief gets muddled too, because I think a lot of it is like grief of 
who we thought we were or the control we thought we had or like just like a lot of it's not even there is a lot of grief with people I talk to about the loss of that that pregnancy that soul that baby whatever they want to call it um but a lot of it is like personal grief <laughs> it's like yeah what just happened and who am I and who am I next and it's just like we as a culture in general just suck at grief we yeah. suck yeah and I think I think a lot of it comes from too, like we as a culture impose like supposed to's on people. Like you're supposed to be a mother, you're supposed to parent, oh you're supposed God. to do this, this, this. And then maybe you find yourself pregnant and you're like, I've never realized until this moment that that's not the path for me. And so then you have to sort of like rearrange your whole image of your future. And, and I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And also just the culture of motherhood and like drop everything and give it all to your children. And I've never really been that kind of mother, but (laughs) which was really helpful when I had this unplanned pregnancy, I was like, Hey, little thing, like I'm going to love you hundred percent and say, no, no, like you are not coming in. We are not doing this thing. Like you got my heart, but you do not have my body and you don't do like you're not coming in. But yeah, we have so much, um, like stigma and belief systems around parenting and what it means to like, give up everything you've dreamed of for children and for what they need, whether they're literally balls of cells (laughs) or they're 17 year olds. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Did you happen to listen to the episode this week um, with um, Philippa? And it's about it's a, about a platform called Women Cycles. I have not yet. So she created she and her partner created this um, platform where all like reproductive and it, they're specifically for women, like women's health care. Um, you know, anything from prolapses to um, a postnatal depression to urinary tract infections to all the things. Well, I would like to see more in like medical midwifery care, like just regular women's health practices, reproductive health practices is like, hey, you might encounter an unplanned pregnancy someday, right? So yeah. it's like, when you're, when you're on this platform, you're like, oh, these are all the other things that can happen in my reproductive life. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Like I was, I went to midwifery school. I was a doula. I had three kids. Like I was all in and I just didn't ever think about abortion. It's like, that won't happen to me. And so yeah. it wasn't like, Hey, if you ever have an unplanned pregnancy, there's options. Like I knew I was pro-choice. Like I knew that much, but I never thought about it. Like I just never thought about it. It's definitely something that I try to do as a provider. So when I am doing like birth control counseling, I usually also talk to them about emergency contraceptive options. So like if your birth control fails, here's emergency contraception. 
And then um, I've lately started being like, and if your emergency contraception fails or if you can't or don't get it, then here are, you know, your abortion options. And so just like, not that saying you'll have one, amazing. but just to know that it's available. And yeah. then you said prolapse and that just <laughs> made me think too. That I, I am like huge on Kegels. I tell everyone I can to make sure you're doing your Kegels all the time because like it reduces your risk of prolapse. It increases urinary, um, you know, your ability to hold it so that you don't have incontinence. Yeah. It increases orgasms, you know, it uh, makes hemorrhoids better. Like Kegels are amazing for so many things. Huh. And, and so many people out there like, have no idea that they should be doing this so that their bladders and uteruses don't fall out when they're 70. <laughs> it's funny, not funny. Okay, so right. was there a whole movement around Kegels where um, they actually weren't as effective as we all thought and that there was something about squatting. I remember like squats being like really important for, I don't know. You'll follow up with me on that one because it's not something I've heard about, but I would love to know if it's true. I'm, I'm keegling right now, just thinking about it. <laughs> I know. So here's, what I, here's what I told my patients is that I was like, think of like a trigger word to remind you to do your yeah. keegles. So like right. every time you're watching your favorite soap opera and they say the, the lead character's name, or every time you're at a stoplight mm -hmm. or like whatever it is for you, because the more you do them, the more effective they are. Huh. I love that. Well, thank you for the reminder. Yeah, we just need like billboards to say Kegel. <laughs> yeah, do it now. Do it now. <laughs> um. Okay. What was the? Oh, I was just saying that. Yeah. I. I. Just I want to see like a poster in a in a health office that's like abortion's an option too. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you, there's a one in four chance you will have an abortion in your life. If I'd read that poster when I was like 22, I'd been like, really? Really? <laughs> and wow. I wouldn't have been so shocked when it happened. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, right? But I think it can be shocking no matter what, because That's That's you true. might think that you, that you are doing everything that you can to avoid it or whatever. And it, it can still happen, right? Birth control fails or, you know whatever but it's always a possibility yeah yep okay that's a need. abortion happens yeah no that is uh that is like the two word sentence that is probably the most healing in all of mm -hmm. my like work with clients it's just like yeah. when they can just move to abortion happens it's just like so neutral it's just a fact it's just part of life it's not a big deal their entire energy shifts. Yes, we need, a, we really, I should just make the t-shirt. I'm sure it exists, but right. we need the t-shirt. I was talking to the Plan C team recently we were talking about billboards and I was like, we need to sandwich every pro-life or as I like to call them, pro-birth billboard with like a Plan C or an abortion billboard. So we can have like abortion happens and then you know, get your pills here or get your pills here. <laughs> Anything else you have burning desire to say on this podcast, or you feel like someone needs to hear, or I don't know, a question you want to leave the audience with? 
Um, I mean, I hope everyone knows this, but I think it's important that we keep reiterating it, that abortion is legal in all 50 states. I think it's especially important that people in Texas hear it right now because that law has not taken place. And if it takes place, it won't be until September. So, you know, we have time to fight it still. And that being said, aid access is available to people in all 50 states. So, you know, there's options out there. Yeah. I also want to just shout out to to local abortion funds. Um, Access Reproductive Justice is one in California. Buckle Bunnies is one in Texas. The Jane Fund in Massachusetts. I mean, there's so many. I, you know, we can't list them all. But they are doing such great work trying to raise funds for patients. Sometimes finding housing, finding transportation. So these organizations, I think, are are, you know, part of the heart and soul of helping people with their yeah. abortions too, and and can do a lot of the emotional support as well. Yeah. And if so, I mean, that's a great thing. Like if you found this podcast helpful, you know, I think you'll be episode 90 something, right? Like if you found this podcast helpful, but we've never worked together, like go make a donation, go donate to an abortion fund. I was just talking to a fellow life coach today and she was saying, maybe you could do some volunteer work, Amanda, like, I don't know, run some free groups or something. And I said, you know what? Once my business is growing at the pace I want it to grow so I can support my family. I'm just going to funnel money <laughs> to the organizations that are doing the work. That's how I'd rather like give back. It's just like, yeah. if I or Christy or anyone has been helpful to you on your abortion journey, then make a donation, like find to a state that needs it or to something local to you. Um, it makes all the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I had one patient who, well, well, stepping back a little bit. So my full-time job is what funds my, my right. like abortion work. Exactly. Right? And, and so much, I mean, I, I make money from it, but it's just, I don't have enough time to do it full-time and all that. And, and we're committed to helping patients even if they can't pay the full price and so sometimes I'm I'm donating the abortions or donating yeah. part of it as needed which I am here for um but I had one patient who couldn't afford the full cost and I was like that's okay like what can you afford well and she was like no no, no I want to pay you the full amount um can we do like like two installments and I was like yeah like sure if that's what you want and need then that's totally fine and so then when she paid me her second installment she paid me extra and was like please put this towards someone else's yeah. abortion and I'm just like I just love people yeah. right yeah how yeah. amazing is that yeah who can you reach out and help today with the donation yeah. with a friendly message with uh sharing the podcast sharing forward midwifery like who can you help yeah, let's pay it forward, right? Yeah, I, my husband funds a lot of my <laughs> contributions to society because I was a stay-at-home mom for so long, right? Like he, his ability to pay our bills allows me to do so much of what I do. Even this podcast is hours a week per work, like hours of work per week. And yeah, lots of people help make that happen for me including my family, right? Who gives me the time and space to do it. So 
Good stuff. Well, I'm so glad we connected and there's lots more to come. I'm sure if you are not following forward mid midwifery, definitely do that. I want to say through Instagram because that's where I follow you, but are you also active on Facebook or anywhere else? Um, I have a Facebook, but I don't, (laughs) yeah, I don't really post on the Facebook too much, but I have recently joined TikTok. I know, <laughs> and I'm it, so impressed. <laughs> that I, I'm like, I'm a 30 something and on TikTok, it feels mm-hmm. ridiculous sometimes, but I'm doing it to try to get the word out there and to try to normalize abortion. And, I love and so. it. I love it. I have a client who is, a, um, she's a sex coach for teens. So like everything awesome. you didn't learn, and and Uh how to like know when to say yes and when to say no and know your own pleasure and like all the things amazing um and she's she's so awesome on tiktok and i'm just what's her name i'm impressed with you all her name's morgan ronaldo and i love like yeah we've said before like that's uh, normalizing abortion in teen sex ed too it's just mm-hmm. like yeah R- like you said earlier use the birth control use the emergency contraception and sometimes it le- ends in abortion and that's okay too you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay right believe Absolutely. that you're gonna be okay and just love yourself through it yeah. yeah yeah and if you have unsupportive people in your life come find amanda and christy and yeah we're here for you we're here for you yeah. I'm so impressed. Okay. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get on. I, I only watch her TikToks on Instagram, just like yours. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's coming. Maybe I'll get cool and hip. <laughs> I'm not, but I try to be. <laughs> By then it will be a whole new platform. Everyone will be like, no one uses TikTok anymore, Amanda. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Have a good afternoon. And thank you for having this conversation. Yeah. Thank you. It's been great. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.